Hi, folks. This is the Gospel of Kennison, number 51. It's the personal audio journal of me, James Kennison. Check out more of what I do at nlcast.com or drawyouapicture.com. Well, today is October 21st, 2015, and that means it's uh, Back to the Future Day. And um, I love that. I love it. Uh, The only part of me that doesn't love it is that some of us, you know, many of us, people like you and me, have been waiting for this for a long time. And everybody else just woke up this morning and they're like, Back to the Future Day, oh my gosh, look at all the cool stuff they've done. Oh, they have self-tying laces from Nike released today. Oh, nobody can get a Pepsi Perfect. Oh, they made the 4x4, blah. So, that's okay. It's all right. They'll be back to normal tomorrow. Me and you will be wanting to watch that movie one more time. Um, today I'm doing an AMA. It's Ask Me Anything. And uh, it's something that's done on Reddit a lot. I'm not nearly famous or redditable. And so uh, I just submitted you know, I, the question to you guys on, on the uh, Facebook page there. I asked you, send me your questions and I will answer them. Because I figured that um, you would want to know about what's been going on the last three months. And, you know, since, especially since we've moved here uh, to St. Louis from St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, and, uh, a lot of your questions had to do with other things. So, uh, before we get to that, you get to hear a quick life update, or at least that's the goal to keep it quick. Um, uh, up till about two weeks ago or three, I say four, that's a whole month. Uh, up until then I've been, I was feeling really down, um, It's just, I could tell my meds were off. I could tell that the move and the stress, you know, uh, had gotten, you know, the better of me. I wasn't able to go to sleep at night. I wasn't able to get up in the morning. Uh, I was just kind of dragging myself from one place to the other. And I, and I also, uh, the only thing that, that seemed regular was the fact that I actually kept a journal of my sleep so that when I got to the doctor, I'd be able to bring him something. But I found out, you know, I was taking this medicine. I was waking up and getting clear headed at the same time every day, pretty late in the afternoon. If I got up at eight o'clock, if I got up at 10, it didn't matter. I wasn't going to be awake. I wasn't going to have the cobwebs cleared, as they say, until, say, 1231, 1230 or one. Um but finally, I got to the doctor. I explained that to her. She says, oh, well, you've got this one particular medicine that you need to be taking earlier in the day because it's going to knock you out four hours after you take it. You have to take it about 12 hours before you want to be clear-headed the next day. And so I adjusted that, and boom, all of a sudden, I'm going to bed between 1030 and 1130 most of the time and getting up, and and ha- and I'm fine. It's so stupid crazy how how I've been taking this stuff forever. And I guess my last doctor just didn't know. I don't know. Um, but I'm very, very happy. I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm doing a lot better under her care. And I hope it lasts. I always hope the good mood, the uptime, not uptime, but the normal time uh, lasts. But, but we'll see, you know, it's been a while. So I uh, hope it lasts. 
the kids are loving school. They're in a private Christian school um, out over there on Tower near Tower Grove, because you know about that place and you care because you're from St. Louis too and you know about all the neighborhoods. Uh, but I like being able to walk up to drop off or to pick up my children. You have to sign them out, which is a hairy deal. But, um, I walk up there and nobody knows me. I'm not the guy that used to be the children's pastor over there at that big church across the street. I'm not the failure guy that we don't even know why he really quit, but it's gotta be something bad. Cause that's what pastors do. If they don't go somewhere they they stay and they, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, anyway, it's really cool. And, um, I, I actually have, uh, in the past on this podcast, I've, I've said, that I don't consider myself like I didn't know what I did now. You know what? What's what do I do? Because people would ask me, "What do you do?" Um, and for the first time at the dentist the other day, somebody asked me what I did, and I answered in a way I never thought I would. I just said straight up, said, "Well, I used to be a children's pastor. I did that for years and years and years." I said, but now I stay home, take care of my kids. I'm a stay-at-home dad. And I know in the past I've said I'm not because I don't do the stuff that stay-at-home dads do. Well, guess what? I do now. I do everything short of laundry. Laundry it seems to be something she wants to hold on to, but the kids fold it. I go grocery shopping now. I make dinners now. I decide when we get to go out and eat. I pack lunches for the children every day, and they love those. And I clean the house and the you know keep the keep the stove clean. And I don't know how, but those things that I have been doing have become as important to me as, you know, anything that you would do as a job, I guess, you know, when I, when I was a teenager, I used to, they call it facing an aisle where you would take everything and bring it up to the front and make it look, you know, all the, if there was a hole, you would fill it with another, uh, a box of whatever it had to be. And, and when you were done facing it out, it looked great. And you almost didn't want people to shop on it because you're like, you're screwing up my stuff. Um, but you'd feel a sense of pride. And that's what I feel now um, with all these terrible things that I have to do because I don't enjoy them. <laughs> I do not like them. I don't think I will ever be uh, full fulfilled completely by doing this stuff. I hope I get to the point where I'm so... It just becomes more second nature, and then I can expand and do things, uh, do other things. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. But it is nice to be able to look somebody in the eye and say, oh, yeah, I'm a stay-at-home dad. You know, just uh, just take that. You don't have to uh, like it. You don't have to understand it. Because I know the lady I told that to was wondering, like, why why is he not a pastor anymore? Did he? What did he do? What did he do bad? And I didn't care. And care. And that's me. That's me when I'm normal. And it's nice. It's nice to have it. So I hope it lasts. I'm going to keep saying that because it's some superstitious hope that it'll, it won't do whatever it's going to do. Um, uh, so yeah, I am a stay at home dad. Uh, congratulations to me and to my children. Um, one of the things that I have done is I've put a schedule together because that's what we men do. We, I also had a book where I had all of the items that I buy regularly, like an inventory, and I had all the aisle numbers marked next to all this, and it was a th- process. I would, I would update it every week 
And I had one for Target, one for Snooks, their grocery store. Um, and I stinking left that thing <laughs> in the cart at Target one night. And oh, so I'm finding, though, that I'm kind of getting to where I know where stuff is. But man, at first it was just blindly walking down aisles, just looking at God knows what and missing it. You know, it's like when you used to, or maybe you still do paint by numbers and you're looking for 14s. And so you're painting all the 14s. And you're like, okay, I got them all. And then you get, you move over to 12 and all you see is 14s. Yeah, that's the way it was with me. I'd walk the aisles. I knew I needed some sort of soap or some sort of baking this, that, and the other, or some, some spray. And I'd look and go down and back and then come back a third time, finally saw it right there where it's been the whole time. Boo. Well, anyway, it's getting a little less of that. And it's getting a little bit more like I know where to go. So that's cool. But I had my kids on a schedule because that's what we do. That's what I do. And uh, it worked pretty good over the summer with the kids. So I, I, you know, tweaked it here and there, but it's not important what it is. The point is if the kids do everything on the chart and that includes keeping your clothes uh, out of the bathroom floor, you know, it, it means you have to straighten your room every day. It means you have to get all your crap off the first floor and up to the second floor. It means you, you got to empty out your lunchbox and throw away the trash and open up all the can containers and keep your lunchbox open so it will dry and not mildew. And um, anyway, if they do all of that stuff, they earn a dollar a day. Now that, you know, you can debate whether that's uh, too much or not enough. I got a dollar a week when my mom remembered, and I think it was only for one summer. Um, but I really want them to, uh, well, I've got other things in mind. So I pay them a dollar a week and I pay them in gold, my friend. I was thinking, what is the coolest way to give somebody five bucks? And I had just seen John Wick. Okay, it's movie. It's out. It's got the guy from Speed in it. Don't remember his name right now. He was also in uh, Bill and Ted. Um, but they do this thing. They're like uh, shooters or killers. They're assassins. There's that word that I wanted to say instead of shooters. Uh, but they're shooters and they shoot people and people pay them. And but but it seems like there's like a network of them and they stay at this hotel and they pay each other apparently in these gold coins, these giant gold coins. And I just seen this movie and I thought that was really awesome because uh, John Wick goes to that guy. He's like, you want to earn a coin? And that was just a thing they would say. And I was like, that's awesome. And, uh, and it's handy too, because you know, a thousand dollars, say the thing was worth $10,000, the coin that's harder to transfer than just the gold. So anyway, long story short, I pay my kids in gold dollars, those little gold ones. I go to the bank, they come in $25 rolls and I buy them. And, uh, most of them are the gold ones and it just makes all the difference. I got them, uh, two little $3 banks from target and they drop the coins in there and they keep them. And we did that for, for a couple weeks. And this week I, I, uh, unleashed or, or unveiled the concept of, uh, you know, giving the three things you do with your money as your kid is you give, you save, and um, you spend. Okay. Those are the three categories. So I talked about tithing with them. Tithe is a 10th, tithe of the 10th, tithe of the 10th, tithe say it as many times as you can fast. It's not very easy. I told them about moving that decimal point, left one, one little dot. And my son was very concerned. He just didn't like this idea. Jenna was all about it, but it turned out at the 
at the end, what I, what the one thing I said to Jenna that kind of got her is I said, I kind of believe that we're all paid uh, 10% more than what we're supposed to be. And that's why, you know, we need to give that to God. And she's oh, okay. Okay. Well, that didn't play with Jay. He's in second grade, but what did get him is I said, Jay, in my way of thinking, everything we have belongs to God. And he lets us keep 90% of it. And he said, oh, okay, okay. Then it finally clicked with him, you know? So that's cool now. They're, they, they made up little envelopes because our church is, uh, <laughs> is just a bunch of people and a pastor in a building and each other's houses and stuff. So we don't have, like, uh, offering envelopes. So we got, you know, got some envelopes. And they put their amount on there, and they counted out. And they, I wasn't going to make them do it, but they decided to go back to the beginning of our little program and get 10% of that whole thing. And so um, it was really cool. It's really cool to see that. Um, also got tiny little rules. I might as well pass on just for fun. Um, if they don't bring their money with them, they can't spend it. Um, what that means is I try to stop them from making impulse purchases and that used to, we, um, we used to keep their money for them kind of in this account and they would loosely know how much it was. And when they wanted a snuggle bear or a video game or whatever like that, that's, oh, but I got money and can you just buy it for me? And it'll, you can subtract it from my thing there, but there is no way for them to track that. There's no way for us to really track it, but with the gold, they they um they they can see themselves spending it. My my daughter wanted a four dollar book at the uh, at the library, and she didn't want to spend her four dollars. She wanted to spend our four dollars. And I'm like, you don't want it enough to spend your four bucks. Why do you think? Why do you think I should buy it for you? That's ridiculous. But anyway, um, it's it's working out really good. And they Jay has a wallet with a coin purse in it, and uh, Jenna's got her purse. And uh, when we're at the store and they, and Jay's like, oh, I want this. I want this. It's it's awesome. Um, I'm like, do you have your money with you? He's like, no. I'm like, well, if you really want it, then you'll remember. And the next time you come, you'll bring your money. And that, uh, you know, most of the time, nine times out of 10, he doesn't remember it ever again. And the, and the thing did its deal. That's exactly what it's supposed to have done. Um. So I like that. I like that. I liked having the physical thing there. Um, and with this book fair that I mentioned, you know, my wife's asking me cause they're wanting to know how much money they can spend. And I said, well, technically they can spend whatever they want. I said, but I wouldn't, you know? And I said, cause you'll learn about uh, buyer's remorse <laughs> spending too much on something stupid, but they did good. They only like spent a dollar of their own stuff. So, um, and if they don't, uh, if they don't do their stuff, they don't get paid. And today, both of them forgot to clear the table after breakfast. And so they lost their dollar and, uh, Jay lost his on Monday because of something. Oh, he had a terrible attitude about doing homework and he picked on his sister and that is just not what we do. <sighs> All right, let's do some AMA stuff. Okay, if you have if I, if there's ever anything I haven't addressed that you would like to hear more about, please ask away. I'll try to do these more regularly uh, than just three months, <laughs> or I can just talk back and forth with you with you via email as I do with my friend Keith Helsley. Uh, this question: 
comes from Jeremy Timmons. He says, James, out of all the podcasts that you've recorded over the years, what is your favorite podcast overall? Oh, po- what's your favorite episode overall? I thought he was asking uh, podcast because I have done a lot of podcasts. What's my favorite episode? That is that is very hard. <laughs> it's very hard to say. I, I guess I would say that I like any of them. Okay, I can't remember exactly which one, but um, the episodes that we had Ethan join us, um, pretty much any of those, especially the, the one he told the pizza story, uh, are, are my favorites because he's just a good guy. It was a good addition to the team, and uh, we enjoyed that. So uh, my favorite episode for each show. Well, first of all, you would have to wait quite a while to hear me list off all the episodes. Um, and unfortunately for me, I have not done you know so many of them for so long uh, that I don't really remember much about them. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but uh, I've heard that happens with actors and stuff in in Star Trek or whatever. How the fans know all these details about the stuff, and the and the actor doesn't know. And that's kind of, I guess, the way I'm finding myself with this one. Um, but I I will say that I love podcasting with my child, uh, my children, both of them. I love podcasting with my wife uh, when we used to do that. Um, I like the uh, the the old Geek Loves Nerd episodes, you know, stuff like that. So just in general, if if I did a podcast about it, it was because I liked it, you know. And uh, if if it only lasted a few episodes, it's because I didn't. So uh, so thanks, Jeremy, for sending that in via your iPhone. Um, uh, Daniel Audi Audi, I hope I said that right. Probably didn't. What are your goals and dreams for five years from now? Um, I don't know if he knows what he did <laughs> for this question, but uh, we're kind of like at five years now from when Jen and I sat down in the basement of the flashlight house in Kansas city and asked ourselves, where do we want to be five years from now? And the first thing on that sheet that, that, that time ago uh, was being closer to family, which Immediately, you know, got us thinking about moving somewhere between Florida and South Carolina. Of course, we moved to Florida. Um, but the one thing, too, and I looked up the document because uh, it was in Google Docs. You know, I'd written down that my daughter would be 10 and my son would be seven. And at, obviously at the time, he, she was five and he was two. And... um that so we're here now and maybe you know maybe a, another 6 months besides but uh this is absolutely not where i thought i would be 5 years ago um and a lot has happened as many of you know about my depression and bipolar and it just it ruined my job it ruined um you know it hurt my family it, it just caused a lot of problems for years and years uh, before it even became a huge deal. And, and now we're here and, you know, I'm, I'm not in full-time ministry, but I'm helping someone that is matter of fact, I've been working on his van, trying to get all his doors to work. It's a 1993 Econoline 350, uh, super something, super wagon or whatever is a pain in the butt. And I bought a Chilton's cause I used to 
that was like my Bible back when I had my car and I was trying to keep it alive. That thing is useless. I don't know what the difference is now, but they used to have diagrams, drawn out diagrams that show you where all the stuff was and what all the part numbers were and all that stuff. Nothing, nothing. It's like looking through yellow pages and everything's black and white. Ridiculous rant over. But you asked me, um, where, where do I see myself five years from now? Well, my hope would be that I'm a better and bigger part of what, or more meaningful, I should say, part of what we're doing here at Novation Church here in St. Louis. I'm hoping that um, that my kids, uh, you know, Jenna will be 15. Why are you asking me this, Daniel? She's 15. <sighs> then I only got three more years and she's in college. Uh, you're trying to kill me, dude. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Jay will be 12. Jay's, ah, he'll be taller than me by that time. Um, my wife, I hope that she has found a less stressful job that pays maybe about the same what she's getting now, but doesn't, you know, keep her out, uh, late, late. And then that's what she hopes too. Um, I hope we found a, <laughs> this is early. I hope we find a house within a year, but I hope we find a house here. Cause I don't like this rental house we're in. It's not a good fit. And my kids are scared of the house. <laughs> it's three stories. And they don't, they, when we send one to go up to the shower, the other one goes up with them and sits outside the door and watches, you know, videos or plays games in their iPad. And then they switch because they just hate, I guess, I don't know if, if there's nobody on the floor with them, it's like nobody's in the house with them. So Florida kids, they came in the other day, it got cold uh, a little bit and they're, and they're legitimately freaking out. I can see my, I can see my breath like on TV. <laughs> so my poor Florida kids, I hope they will have adjusted. And, um, but I kind of hope part of the, part of the structure of our, our church is that it's going to be a, a gathering of home groups. And, you know, back in the youth group, my youth group days, uh, working with, with, uh, David, I, I was a what we called a bus pastor, and I happened to be working on you know becoming a pastor. But um, we just called it that because we you would take care. Yeah, there was the larger group, but you would take care of your kids on your bus. You would know them. You would be there for them. You would you know celebrate their birthdays and their their failures and triumphs. You would be there for both. And um, and so that's kind of what I imagine because we don't know otherwise what what this looks like. Uh, but I, I would probably like to um, have have one of those small groups in my house. You know, I I don't I am not going to lie. Every house we go to to look at, um, I like the ones that have an open floor plan because that is just more. It makes more sense when you if you want to have twelve to twenty people, you know, squatting around talking about God. So um, five years from now, I will be. 47 dang so that's not too bad though it's not 50 yet blah all right daniel thanks for torturing me um next i had a question this is from elizabeth krueger i had a question for gok how has the move to st louis affected you and your family emotionally and physically has it been a struggle well, of course, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. My wife's in a new job. 
Um, she's been in it for a while, but it's still, you know, new and, and it's just very demanding and a lot of pressure and it's kind of some new stuff. And then she can't get people to help her out, you know, and work with her. And she's supposed to have staff that's there and blah, blah, blah. It's just a big hairy deal. So, and she started that job before we had even moved here because we were trying to give ourselves some more time to find a house here. And, um, so she moved up ahead of us. Me and the kids stayed in Florida and came up late. So she not only had to deal with the struggle of moving, she had to deal with the struggle of a new, you know, brand new job with new tasks and new rules. Uh, and she had to do it alone. And so, um, absolutely was emotionally and physically draining. Um, me getting here, I, I really liked it. Um, there obviously was, you know, you know, moving is, is stressful and, you know, they broke stuff and, um, and, you know, just, it's just stupid to how, how people don't seem to care about your crap. Cause we had people move us and that was my first experience with that. Um, but, uh, but, but for me, I was able to leave Florida and Florida, I considered the place of pain. That was the place of my failure. And so moving here is a fresh start. And so I kind of have a, a, a different view on things. Now, when I was down, like I mentioned earlier, uh, for the, for the first couple of months there, um, yeah, I mean, I was just pretty much a, a worthless bump on a log, um, couldn't socialize, couldn't, um, connect with people, you know? Uh, so anyway, um, so there's been that, uh, but now, you know, we're getting there, we're getting there. We, we've got a great group of friends and people that I would consider family. Um, you know, and, and David, my next door neighbor, I mean, he's right there. My, the guy that I came to work with and, uh, his grandchildren have become like my kids cousins. And, uh, you know, because I know his kids, so their kids are, you know, it, it's just a great, it's a great thing. And I'm not doing a whole lot yet, but, I, um, I told David, I said, you know, it'd be great instead of projects where I had, like, it takes days and days and days and, and maybe I'll start it and then not be able to finish it because of some sort of down thing in, in my emotions or whatever. Uh, it'd be cool if I just had jobs, just little things that you throw at me and I could just do it. And if I didn't do it right away, it's not such a big deal, but Anyway, and he's been kind of doing that. He picked me up the other day, and um, I bought a lamp for one of the ladies in the in the church. She had moved into a new house and didn't like the lighting in there. And um, and I, he drove me. We picked up the light, drove back to her house, installed it while she was at work. A lady in our church, and uh, and uh, I mean, it was done. It was something that we did, and it was a good deed, and it's just was done. And that's exactly the kind of stuff I need right now. And that's what I'm doing on the church van. Um, cause it's a piece of crap and it needs a lot of work. So I got to go to a junkyard and take parts off of some car, which I haven't done for a long time. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. So has it been a struggle? Of course. Is it worth it? Absolutely. So we'll, we'll be better off. You know, the struggle will continue until we, we are in our own home, you know, and, and 
when Jen has either found some sort of equilibrium in her new job or has been able to find one um, that, that, you know, that doesn't demand every single bit of her life. <laughs> All right. Uh, Christian Sudreth, uh, my co-host, one of my co-hosts on, on uh, that story show writes, um, would you rather fight a horse, a horse sized duck or 100 duck sized horses? Let me read it again. Cause I gotta get this in my head. Would you rather fight a horse a horse-sized duck. You're supposed to put a hyphen in there. That's what's throwing me off. I'm going to write it in there for you. Um, would you like to find a horse-sized duck? Or 100 duck-sized horses? Um, I would not like to fight either one of them. I would like to oogle them and watch them and, and wonder about them. Um, but ducks are mean. They're evil. And if there was one uh, that was the size of a horse, I would be eaten by it. So... I would uh, absolutely have to go with 100 duck-sized horses because horses t- aren't terribly aggressive. And if I was just told, go fight them, it would mostly be just, especially the duck size, it would mostly be, just be me kicking them around and um, kicking them into stuff, you know, uh, finding multiple ways to, to kick because there would be so many, you know, picking some up. Throwing them across the, the road. I don't know. His question, uh, number two, what, what game show would you be best at and which one would be the worst? Um, I think the answer to both of those is the same. It's that game that uh, knockout. Is that it? Uh, it used to be a Japanese game. They brought it over here and, and people get in colored uniforms and uh, red or green and they, jump from these platforms over a bunch of water and these things fly around and try to hit them and they can grab onto them sometimes and use them or they could get tripped up by them. That game right there, I would be amazing at because the fat guys always are the most entertaining. Um, and I would also be the worst at it because that would make me so great. So thanks Christian. Um, let's see. I, I don't know if this is, uh, I think this is connected. Keith Helsley says, can you do a Tarzan yell? Let me hear it. Um, the, the answer to that is no, I can't. I tried to the other day cause I heard uh, goofy do it on some show I was watching and it, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, he says, but that might be a better question for another show. Have you met any new people in your new neighborhood? that you aren't related to or didn't already know Uh, people that you know by name and not just waitresses. Uh, Don't mention any names, but uh, what might you say to describe them or what do they do? Keith Helsley. Well, that's a specific, but question and it's just as specific as crud. Um, so you're asking me if I've gone out and met people by name. The answer to that is no, no. Cause until uh, about two, three, four weeks ago, um, I wasn't talking to anybody. Um, my, me and my, my kids, uh, we go down to the park every single day, just about, and, and we're starting to see regulars, you know, uh, parents and, and uh, kids and stuff like that. And um, I've talked to a couple of them, but I'm terribly bad 
at meeting people, you know what? Social anxiety. It's a geek thing, you know? Uh, so haven't done much of that. Um, my friend David, uh, is the opposite of me and he knows everybody and I'm not even kidding. He knows everybody. I'm not even kidding. He knows everybody. We were going to buy a house. We're going up there and we, and he walks up and he's just walking in the neighborhood and he sees us and he's like, Oh, Oh, come here. And he goes into these people's house and drags us in. <laughs> tell, tell them about the house. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's crazy. So I've, I've met people through him, but nobody that's like going to remember my name or I'm going to remember theirs. Um, I got folks in my church, you know, there's about a grand total of 20, 25 of us with all the kids. Um, and I know some names, but I'm not, I ain't got them all down. So I'm still at that level of things where I'm just coming out of my shell. I'm always real shy, you know, at first with any kind of thing like that. Um, but, uh, let me see. Do I know anybody by name? The lady I did the, 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 the light fixture for his name's Tiff, Tiffany. We call her Tiff. And she has a son and his name is Jarrell. And, um, which David says is spelled G I R L girl, <laughs> Jarrell. Oh, it's funny. So there you go. Um, describing people that I don't know really well. I anybody. I know my, I know our realtor. All right. Um, Hey, here's a quick, uh, in closing, a quick list of things that you might not think about, um, that fall by the wayside when you're depressed for, you know, two or three years. Um, you know, cause I move here and I realize all I have is crappy jeans crappy shorts, you know, cargo pants, shorts, and a bunch of uh, T-shirts that I bought online that are all stretched out and pilled in the front and are, you know, cracking, you know, the, the stuff on the front. I'm wearing one now. It's, it's uh, X-Cop. It's my X-Cop shirt. It's, uh, it's incredibly um, old <laughs> looking. Uh, buying clothes is just one of those things that, that you don't ever think of and can't ever do and you're depressed. And so I actually uh, got myself some clothes, I took it upon myself to grab a few shirts and a pair of jeans. And um, two of the shirts worked out great. They were a good fit. They looked good. Um, the other one somehow was a girl's shirt, a lady shirt. So I don't know quite how that happened, but I'm going to tell you. Um, it didn't fit very well. I couldn't even get my arm in. <laughs> uh, it's like, is this athletic? And my wife looks at it and she's like, no, it's a lady shirt. It fits me great. <laughs> uh, um, another thing that falls by the wayside is is uh, dental hygiene. I, I, I'm ashamed to say it, I, but you don't take care of yourself. You know, when you're not even showering half the time, um, you're definitely not taking care of your, your teeth. And, um, I went to the doctor as recently as yesterday or day before and started getting, you know, back in that six months, you know, getting your teeth clean deal. And, um, so, you know, that's a sign. And, and, and the funny thing is when I'm down, I would be like hating myself cause oh, you suck. You couldn't take care of yourself. Blah, blah, blah. 
But now I, I, you know, as I was sitting in that chair, that crap tried to come on, come on me. But when I'm doing okay, I can battle that like normal, like normal people do. And I'm, and I'm just like, just be happy you're here. This is a huge milestone. You're here facing it, being honest with the people, telling them you ain't been in a dentist in two and a half, three years, and they're going to take care of you. And they did. They were great. They were awesome. Um. Uh, another thing you do after two and a half years or three or four or whatever it's been, uh, especially with my con- condition there in, in St. Petersburg where I didn't want people to see me or notice me. So I've got this horrible habit of keeping my eyes straight, you know, not making contact with people. It's in the car. It's at the grocery store. It's even in my church. I walk in the door and I don't, you know, usually you kind of scan the room. Hey, what's up? Hey, you know, uh, so I really am trying to work on that. It's, it's just so, so much a part of me now. Um, but I, I got nothing to hide from. I didn't there either. I all, you know what I was hiding from was people's ignorance. But anyway, um, another thing about coming back from, from, you know, my fingers crossed here, coming back from depression a little bit is showering and enjoying it. Showering is one of the hardest things in the world to do when you're depressed. It is absolutely mind-boggling how draining all of the steps are. You know, it's one of those things you have to do every day. It's one of those things that, you know, has all these parts and processes and and it seems like a normal, hey, easy thing to do, but when you're depressed, it's it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I can't explain it. It's just dumb. And if I did explain it, it would take me 20 minutes to do. So I will just say, now I'm in showering and I enjoy it again. I forgot how it felt hot water and the, you know, how it invigorates you and kind of wakes you up in the morning and stuff like that. So that's crazy. Um, the things that have been robbed from me for so long that I didn't even remember. Um, normal bedtimes is another one. I mean, I was staying up between, uh, to two to 4 AM. It is 10 50 right now. And I'm about to pass out from being tired. I'm going to go to bed. I'll probably put this up tomorrow. Um, some normal bedtimes are great because you wake up with people and you're not a zombie, you know? And, um, because, because it's not enough for me to just be with my family. Uh, I gotta be me, you know, I gotta be who I am. And, um, they enjoy me a lot more when I'm not trying to eat their brains. Zombie joke. All right. Uh, the only, the only deal is will it last? I don't know. Uh, turn off the lights and I'll glow. But, uh, I, every time I, I, every single time that I, I start doing okay, things, I always, always believe that are going to stay that way. And I'm always horribly heartbroken when I start to feel the darkness coming back. And that's, you know, that's being bipolar. You're, you're fine. In my case, I don't get manic. I just get fine. And then I go down, you know? And so I'm hoping that it'll last. I hope that this, I'm not hyped up on anything. I don't feel, uh, you know, overly exerted or, or, you know, hyped up. I don't know. I don't know what the right word is, but I, I feel fine. I feel normal. And um, I think you can tell that through this, you know, one-way discussion here is it's it's just me. I'm not talking super fast. I'm not, you know, uh, drooping and <laughs> mumbling through things any more than normal anyway. Uh, so I, I hope I'm, I'm optimistic. I hope it'll last, but if it doesn't, 
I feel like I got a new, my new doctor. I think she may have like a newer approach to things, you know, like she has more options and stuff. She seems to be really, you know, cutting edge and knows her stuff. So, um, it's really good. So we're looking forward to it. Well guys, that's it. Thanks for listening. Um, all 40 minutes of it. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get the other podcasts up and running again. I'm really, really missing, uh, John and, and Christian on that story show. And definitely missing, um, Paul. I, even though I see him several times a week cause I live near him now, but I'm missing him in the context of us doing movie beatdown. Um, so anyway, look us up on Facebook at the uh, NLCast network page. And uh, my website is jameskinnison.com uh, or let me draw you a picture at drawyourpicture.com. See you guys next time. Peace.